Hey, you hear that? That's what home field sounds like. It's how you know it's time to go for the win. Gambet DC is your home field advantage for sports betting. Bet from almost anywhere in DC with an easy to use app and convenient betting locations district-wide. Online, in-app, or in-person. Get the home field advantage with Gambet DC. Must be 18 or older to bet. Please play responsibly. And good morning. This is Forging the Falcons on Wednesday morning at 9-ish a.m. that we come in on every Wednesday. And this is a pretty special episode following the 53-man initial roster list we're going to dive right into. And I know it should be a very passionate type of conversation, so I expect the chat to be very active today and the comments after the fact to come in because a lot of times we get attached to a lot of these players and we think this guy should be here. I know one of my initial reactions was like, what? When I saw one of these guys get cut. So, And I know I'm not the only one. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Where are some of the holes of... Not just holes like, okay, we need an upgrade at this position, but holes like this 53-man roster isn't done yet because there's only one player here. Those type of holes. But let me first welcome in Nick Kendall. Nick, welcome in all the way from Seattle. So I'm in Atlanta. Nick's in Seattle. We are coast-to-coast this morning. So Nick, welcome in. Yeah, welcome in. It's a good day. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day from the dirty birds to the the wet birds. I don't know what you call the Seahawks (laughs) out here. Um, but, uh, no, excited to be here and always fun to talk some football and really excited to see what this Falcons team does this season. I'm much more, I guess, ingrained in the Falcons this year and a believer in their process last year, even though they were winning some games, they, the point differential, the games they were up against the roster didn't look like it was going in a good place. And they really did tear that bandaid off. And, uh, this might be a, this is a building year. This is a year that you have to take as a stepstone year. So I'm excited to see what this initial 53 uh, are discussed with this initial 53 is and uh, see how it changes as well. Yeah. And there should be some good, uh, good pieces here. Some good, exciting uh, players to watch. Mm -hmm. Want to just jump right. We'll, we'll get to the chat real quick. Luke was in here nice and early this morning. So good morning, Luke. Appreciate you being here. Mark Schrader, always a, a big help. Big Al coming in on YouTube as well. And I see the, the Facebook folks are starting to st- starting to come in. Uh, Kevin Fitzpatrick has come in with a like on Facebook. So hit those like buttons. That certainly helps spread the word to uh, more Falcons fans, you know, just like just like you. And Jim Frank coming in from Korea, I believe, is where Jim was coming in. So that should be about a 12-hour time change somewhere in that neighborhood. So it's a it's a pretty solid one. Um I want to get into maybe my biggest initial surprise, and, and and help me out here. Maybe you know, and maybe I shouldn't have been surprised. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna just go ahead and hit Mark Schrader coming in with a big super chat. That's always a big, a nice surprise in the morning. So, uh, yeah, keeping you. the lights on, I like to say, keeping my forehead nice and shiny. Mark, you're a huge help to the show. One of the reasons we're here, frankly. So, thank you very much, Mark. Uh, as always, you have it. You need anything? You let us know. Um. Getting back to one of the biggest surprises for me was Abdullah Anderson on the mm-hmm. on the defensive line. Uh, he played nose guard. He played end in the 3-4. And he wasn't just serviceable because, frankly, the defensive linemen of the Falcons last year weren't always serviceable. A lot of times they were poor. He was good. And I know he wasn't always going against other teams' starters. I, I get that. But, you know, last year... It was such an improvement over what we saw last year and his quickness and his change of direction. I'm seeing athleticism out there. Um, You know, I know this guy's bounced around a little bit, but I was very impressed with what I saw. And I have to think he's absolutely a target for the practice squad. But man, I want this guy in the active roster. I want him playing. Yeah, no, he was really good. And uh, I want to thank Mark Strader as well. $20 coming in orange. Really appreciate that, Mark. Uh, yeah, Abdullah Anderson. Honestly, the I I was more surprised by the other defensive line. Uh, Tangelo. I thought Tangelo had a great time. Um, or a great time. A good preseason as well. Stood out. Uh, Falcons defensive line depth was pretty solid in uh, preseason. But yeah, uh, Abdullah. I would assume he's destined for the practice squad. Played for the Bears last year. Obviously, one of those Bears to Falcons uh, connections. Well, the, did he play for the Bears? He he was on the Bears. 
uh, practice he, he squad. Did. They all did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, no, yeah, it was a bit surprising. And the fact that the Falcons are so thin on the defensive line right now for a team that was really just beat up last year with uh, mm-hmm. on the defensive front is surprising. And another reason that this, they say it's the initial 53, not the final 53, but the initial right. 53. And, uh, and David, David's in here, uh, you know, uh, pumping the horn for for Timmy Horn and that's no no pun intended I, I didn't mean that um um toot his horn for Timmy Horn I didn't mean that I didn't mean that pun that was terrible um I'm about it <laughs> and and Timmy Horn frankly I don't remember getting to see him a lot in the preseason which may have been an indicator that you know hey we're looking at some other guys trying to make this uh and this to me this isn't necessarily about Timmy Horn David uh at 6'5 326 we've been crying out for size in the middle of that line there it is. <laughs> so that's what he says. You know, he they like him because he can play three tech. Yes, nose tackle. He can he can move back and forth. And Abdullah Anderson did as well. Um, but right now, when you're looking at the defensive line, uh, David, you're you're looking and and everybody at Falcons country, you're looking at Grady Jarrett, Timmy Horn, Anthony Rush, Taquan Graham, and Marlon Davidson. Marlon Davidson, I think, is headed for the IR. So you're down to four healthy defensive linemen in a three, four. So that's one of the things for me. So I'm not saying he should have been taken instead of Timmy. For anybody that shouldn't have been, that, that I would have taken off of this roster it would have been Marlon Davison. I think Marlon Davison is headed for a short-term injured. Uh, do they call it the injured list or is that just baseball? Short-term injury was injured. Reserve. Yeah. Injury reserve or, you know, this, Oh, that was the disabled. They, they got rid of the word disabled. I couldn't remember which politically correct word that they yeah. were getting rid of they got rid of the disabled list and called it the, the il it used to be the deal um so there's only four so this isn't about timmy horn six five 326 pounds like i said we've been crying out for size in the middle of that defense for a long time uh i'm wondering you know with only four guys healthy who's going to come back you know i would absolutely bring abdul anderson back and i would expect him Expect is a tough word because I'm not in the front office, but based on what I saw, Abdul Anderson can play for this team. And there's going to be a spot open in the very near future because it's not going to be Marlon Davison. I'm I'm pretty well convinced on that. Yeah, another team like the Broncos maybe looking for some defensive line. Uh, but the waivers, what, what is the Falcons order in the waivers? They pick uh, eighth? They were, uh, they were eighth. Yeah, they were so. eighth in the draft. So I would, imu- I would imagine that's pretty quick. Yep. Um, so and and Tangelo being an undrafted free agent and a young guy, he's headed for the practice squad. You yeah. know, I, I would assume that he was immediately for the practice squad. Um, but let's say Abdullah Anderson, he, a little bit older. It wouldn't surprise They may lose him and that's going to be a loss. Uh, he's been in the league a few years, a little bit more of a veteran. Now, a lot of times he's 26 and change. He's, he's been in the league for, uh, this will be his fourth season. So he's a, he's a veteran on there. Um, Tangelo again, everybody's like, Oh, you don't want to expose him to waivers. Well, most everybody, when they just cut 27, 28 guys, just about every team, they might make one change, but they're trying to bring all those guys back to their, to their practice squads. They're not saying, okay, we've had you in camp now get out because we're going to make 16 waiver claims you're going to bring back the the vast majority of your practice squad is going to be made of guys that were just on the waiver wire yesterday i fully expect tangelo to be one of those guys and i'm hoping they had a little you know nod nod wink wink discussion with uh abdullah anderson saying hey listen don't sign with us here's your contract and we're, we're we're dating it for tomorrow um, when we're allowed, when we move some of these guys to the short-term um, <clears throat> injured reserve, you're you're back on the team. So I'm hoping that's what happens. Yeah, and just for uh, just to kind of make it uh, an example here for the Broncos, Broncos did that as well. With two players in the roster, uh, mm-hmm. they wait or they released Mike Purcell, defensive tackle, not Mike Purnell, Scott Mike Purcell, and uh, also <laughs> tight end smart, Eric. Man, I cannot get it as soon. It's, I, I've got. I know it's Mike Purcell, and then as yeah. soon as as soon as I say it, it's like one of those things where it's like when you repeat a word so often, it, it sounds like a sound instead of a sound. There's a phrase for that. I don't remember what it is. Yeah. And I'm like, as soon as I start to say Mike Purcell or Mike Punnell, an alarm bell goes up in my head, and then there's a train crash, and then yeah. I'm like, I can't remember who's who. But they're the both Mike- they're both <laughs> meh players in the middle of a porous defensive line, and it's. Yeah. 
they're so similar in so many ways, not just name that I can't keep them straight. Yeah. I've never seen them in the same room. So I'm just going to say that <laughs> um, Mike Purcell and uh, Eric Tomlinson Broncos released them yesterday after they put Michael Ojemudia and uh, one other player, uh, Eric, Greg Dulcich on the short term injured reserve list. Uh, then they'll be bringing those guys back. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's Falcons do that as well. Not, apparently a lot of teams are doing that. Uh, I thought, heard the Seahawks were doing that as well with uh, Justin Coleman, I think was the name. Um, so so I, I, I tried to get some of these term, some of this terminology. And yes, Mark, I, I hope that Abdullah comes back because the Falcons need help on the defensive line. Timmy Horn's a good start. Um, Anthony Rush has played much better. He was a like a practice squad pickup in the middle of the season last year. Um, and penciled in as a starter that the defensive line should be considerably better than it was last year when you ran out there with like Tyler Davison and Grady Jarrett and I don't know a, a combination of Marlon Davison I don't even remember who else was on the other side of it by that time but Taquan Cram Graham looks legit Anthony Rush is playing even an average is good and then Grady Jarrett is good and then you've got help on the edges okay we're starting to starting to cook with a little gas here I like it Speaking of cooking with gas, Keith Robbins comes in with some stars. Appreciate you getting us getting us cranked up with some stars this morning, Keith, um, over on Facebook. Um, that is a, a new feature that you can use to say thanks as a, as a little thank you and a show support to your uh, your Forging the Falcons duo here. So, and Joe Cannon coming in saying good morning over on Facebook. Good morning, Joe. Glad you're here. And Albert Knoppers is also on Facebook. So, uh, thank you very much. Good to uh, good to good to have y'all here. Um, so we've we've spent a decent amount of time talking about the DL. I'm convinced they're not done. There, there's there's just no way you, you're not going into the season with four with Grady Jarrett, Timmy Horn, Anthony Rush, Taquan Graham, and Marlon Davison. And and one of the things, let me I interrupted myself and forgot. I was trying to come up with the, the technicalities between the pup list, the injured reserve, et cetera, et cetera. The pup list is just for injuries that happen before camp. So you have to start camp on the pup. You cannot be added on there. Then it becomes the injured list, which has the same effect. If you start the season on the injured list, you have to be out at least four games. It used to be the entire season. They knocked that down to eight during the, uh, the COVID times. They knocked that down to three but now it's four, which is similar to if you start this season on the pup, if you're still on it. So if Deion Jones hadn't been activated, he would not have been eligible to come off it for another uh, another month. Um, so uh, Marlon Davison, who got hurt during the middle of camp, was not eligible to be on the pup list. He has to be on the 53 before he can be moved to an injured list. So... Hope. <laughs> Hopefully you remember that. Oh, there you go. Year, Scott. There, yeah. Very happy. It, it makes sense in my head. Hopefully that made uh, made some sort of sense at all. Um, you know, just top level here before we we dive down into it a little bit more. You know, any 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 uh, any guys you saw cut or that are still on the roster that were kind of surprises to you? Yeah, and the Falcons kind of have a similar issue as the Broncos, as the very back end of the cornerback room is concerning. Uh, Mike Ford who was not impressive to me when he was in Denver, not impressive to me for the Falcons. He's probably your sixth cornerback, but that's a guy who not impressed with. Don't think he's a very good player. Uh, still on the roster makes uh, a bit concerning for me and a team that's probably looking to upgrade that position, if at all possible. Yeah, I, I thought Mike Ford, he at least made a couple plays. That was more than I can say for someone like, um, no offense, Corey, if you end up somehow this ends up seeing Corey Ballantyne really struggled. Yeah. Um, you know, watching him, I'm like, he's, he's toast. Um, you know, they only kept six corners so far. So, um, you look at the guys they cut Corey Ballantyne, Matt Hankins. Well, Our yeah, team. Mike Ford's gotta be above those guys. <laughs> so you're, you aren't going in with five. Um, I would think his spot on the roster is precariously is he's on, he's on fairly thin ice, um, based on waivers. Um, Albert, he says, what surprise cut waved to you? What were the surprise cuts or waves to you, Scott? The big one for me right off the bat was Abdullah Anderson. I thought they might wave Marlon Davidson, but I think they're going to get away with being able to put him on the IR and be able to keep them both. Um, and I thought they might keep more than eight offensive linemen active because that's usually how many you carry on the on the on the on the daily roster. I think it's you're allowed to have 48 act, active players. So 
Um, right now, they only have um, eight offensive linemen. They got one left tackle, two guards, so that's three, two centers, five, one right guard, six, and then two right tackles, seven and eight. Um, I can name a couple of those guys that I thought looked uh, decent. Um, David Willis mentioned uh, Justin Schaefer. Justin Schaefer in the last game looked really good. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I thought Ryan Newsel looked pretty good uh, at, at the center, the whole game at center. So again, practice squad candidates. I won't be shocked at all to see those guys on the practice squad and flexed up and down the roster a couple times. And then Colby Gossett, the other the other offensive lineman, was signed to be a, a decent reserve uh, back up across the line. And he was cut too. So only eight offensive linemen right now on uh, on the 53-man active. Um, I think they're going to put a bunch of those guys, try and get a, almost all those guys back for the practice squad. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, another surprise for me, looking over the roster here, uh, only two tight ends, uh, Kyle Pitts and Felipe Franks. I mean, do you even have like a true um, wide tight end? They go down, They on the way this depth chart is listed, they put the tight ends on both sides of the line. Oh, so I Parker see. Parker Hesse is okay. one, and then John Fitzpatrick is also a a player who could be um, moved. John Fitzpatrick, Nick, was the guy that I was like, this guy had like five catches in uh, mm. in, in college. I'm like, how does he get keep getting invited to these camps? And then I did a little bit more. You know, I went and looked up at his height and weight. The dude's six four, two hundred and eighty pounds. I'm like, he's, oh, he's a Y. Yep, there, like, never mind. Oh, this one <laughs> just smacked me in the face. I'm like, he's not a pass catcher. He's a Lee Smith replacement. He's your jumbo package, uh, third tackle, blocking guy. Okay, well that makes sense. That that wasn't too hard to figure out, Scott. With the, these big questions that you have, yeah. So um, he's he is injured. He's another player like Marlon Davison that could be that that could be changed out. Um, but I, I, I absolutely put Felipe Franks. He was listed at quarterback and tight end. I, I moved his butt over to tight end. He, he's, yeah. he's an emergency quarterback at best, and he wouldn't make this team as a quarterback. No. Um, he's made the 53 as an emergency quarterback, special teams player, uh, tight end. Um, so yeah, but Parker Hesse, Kyle Pitts, Felipe Franks, and then, um, John Patrick, if Michael Pruitt, comes back fully healthy from that ankle injury. I liked what I saw earlier. Yeah. I did. I really did. And he played he played really well with Tennessee last year before he got hurt. Yeah. Yeah, and a uh, quick shout out to you kind of disparaged my guy earlier, uh Matt Hankins cuz he's a Hawkeye. Um <laughs> obviously didn't show up, but that's fine, but uh Parker <laughs> Hesse making it. Um Parker Hesse, fun story there. You guys probably already know, played defensive end for the Iowa Hawkeyes, had a pretty good career there, made the transition to that H-back tight end role and uh Carving himself up, man, you're so good at Iowa, such a tight end you that you don't even play tight end at Iowa and you end up at the position in the NFL. That's that's how much <laughs> Iowa's tight end you. So uh, good to see Parker Hesse. I thought he had a he's a fun player. I, I would take him over Andrew Beck. I, if we're talking fullbacks, though, definitely I'll let my Iowa bias soak through a little bit there. Michael Ronquillo, I got a little bias for Michael as well. Good morning, Michael. Uh, says, good morning, Scott and Nick on Forging the Falcons. Good morning to you, Michael, out there in Tucson, Arizona. Hopefully it's not too hot down there right now. We're having heat wave in the Pacific Northwest again. Hopefully our last one of the year. But uh, thanks for joining us this morning, Michael. Yeah, appreciate you being here, Michael. Good morning, Scott and Nick on Forging the Falcons. And Big Al says, who do you think will be a target for the Falcons to claim off of waivers? Now, Big Al, I'm going to apologize in advance on this question because I don't know the back end of other teams' rosters well enough to say, this is the guy they should go after. Bang the table on them. I know the back end of the Falcons roster well enough to say, okay, I think uh, Abdul Anderson can play in this league. I'm very excited from what I saw from uh, from Derek Tangelo. Um, I think there's good stuff coming from uh, from Justin Schaefer uh, for the, the, the offensive guard, um, who was you know a draft pick that was waived. That didn't happen last year. The first draft pick, Terry Fontenot draft pick waived, was Frank Darby wide receiver he was a six round pick last year candidate for the practice squad um i can tell you uh you know arthur smith will say we're looking at everybody you know that's where i can tell you where does this team still need help again there's only four healthy defensive linemen for their three four that that's unsustainable um mm-hmm. i feel like you know if if uh again and if someone that makes sense that's willing to come to atlanta to play for a team that's not a contender frankly um a good player at a good price. The Falcons actually have some money now. You want to come in on a one-year deal? Okay, there, there, there is some money available. 
wow, that's great. That feels good to say, doesn't it? I hope that sounded as good as it felt good to say that the Falcons mm-hmm. actually have some money. Um, that I feel pretty good for the most part about their starting offensive line. Yeah. Um, that sounds crazy to say after last year. Elijah Wilkinson's playing well. Uh, Caleb McGarry missed practice because he was sick, but he's looked great in the offseason. Hopefully they can, can preseason offseason, they can continue that. They're always going to look for wide receivers and defensive backs. Always, always, always. That's that's going to be a big one for me as, as the wide receiver position um, and the defensive back. And speaking of wide receivers, how do you feel about uh, you know Jared Bernhardt? There's a story for yeah. you coming in. Yeah, awesome. Good, good to see Jared Bernhardt make it. Obviously one of the best uh, lacrosse players in the world and making the transition to the NFL. More money to be had there. I had a solid preseason and now on the roster. I'm excited to see what his usage is. I'm hoping it's not just a uh, the initial 53 and then kind of kicked off uh, when they find an upgrade at the wide receiver position, which is certainly possible. Um, but to see him here for now means that they, in my opinion, like him enough to at least uh, protect him through that first wave of the waiver wire pickups and maybe can sneak him on the practice squad a little easier um, if they do move on from him. But excited, man. I thought he had a pretty good preseason. He's obviously shifty and uh, not at all. Uh, not that lacrosse players are soft, but you know, you're not getting hit as much. You're getting whipped whip oh, with a oh, stick. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. You, no, lacrosse, lacrosse is nasty. Now it is nasty, There's... but it's not, it's different than getting hit by a 300 pound person. Yeah, It's different than the collisions. Yes. That's yeah. yeah. The, the, the collisions, but lacrosse is rough. It, it might be third. I think that the toughest sport on earth is probably freaking water polo. Yeah. <laughs> it's like lacrosse, except they're trying to drown you at the same yeah. time. I'm like, I'm not messing with a water polo player, man. That, no. Forget that. They're like wrestlers, lacrosse players, and then evil water demons all yeah. mashed into one thing. So um, I, uh, yeah, no lacrosse is legit. That's that's, yeah. I wanted my daughter to play, play lacrosse. Cause she's, she's a little nasty. Yeah. And uh, they're like, well, they don't let the, the girls hit the same way they do the boys. I'm like, well, why not? I'm like, well then to hell with that. We'll do, I'll let her play something else. She's, she's a little feisty. I'm like, she'd love lacrosse. She's super fast and she's a little, little, little crazy. Like it's I am. Spitfire. So. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you took you. The collisions are different um, than and the caliber. Yeah, yeah, it's not running into a wall. Um, Yeah, it's like like rugby. The collisions are a little different, but you know, part of that also is the helmets. Mm -hmm. You know, we can get into this too. But I said, you want to get rid of concussions? Take the helmets off. You know, I mean, a lot of concussions, you'll end up with you know less teeth and broken noses all the time, but you might not have your eggs scrambled every game because the head is not a weapon in other sports like it is in football because of the helmet that will never ever happen um but that's that's part of it um yeah i uh i think he he looked really good on special teams which is a start you know you've got a gunner out there and nick you've heard me say before about football being an athlete's sport uh versus being a skill sport yes there is skill involved but you don't hear about people playing four years of one sport and then going and playing shortstop for you know the new york yankees uh, or, you know, you know what? I just finished my, my college scholarship in football. I'm going to go try out for the NBA. That doesn't happen. It happens no. all the time in football because if you, it's a bigger, faster, stronger type of sport. And if you are big, fast, and strong, one of those threes to an nth level, we can, uh, we can find a spot for you in, in this, in this sport. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to him. Tough as nails. Um, you know, I the the energy. You're not going to wear down a lacrosse player. So having him play in special teams as a gunner, uh, return guy. You know, he's going to play the game like his hair is on fire. So I am I am looking uh, looking forward to it. And Joe comes in, um, and uh, did he sign? I'm sorry, this the, I, for you listening after. I need to read the question, Nick. How do you feel about the Falcons having interest in Lavisca Chenault? If you remember, he's a wide receiver. I said we should have traded before we before we drafted London. Um, I feel like he was just in the news as something that was happening, or was it just because he got waived and didn't make the team? He was traded to the uh, Carolina Panthers. I don't know what the compensation was, but he is now on the Carolina Panthers. LaVisca Chenault, man, he was horrible last year. Now, part of that is probably the Urban Meyer offense there, but like he is a what 230-pound, six-foot-two slot weapon that doesn't have much twitch or wiggle. You pretty much have to manufacture touches for him. And I mean, 
I get the Falcons maybe being interested in him specifically in a uh, Cordell Patterson esque role. I, I think was going to say, I, you, you just you just describe someone who's very similar on this team. The difference is, is Lavishka is twenty three years old. <laughs> yeah, I think Patterson's much faster, uh, long speed, even still, uh, mm-hmm. much more explosive. But uh, having interest, I mean, Falcons need weapons and playmakers in space. Obviously, they've used two top ten picks on guys, but. It's a plethora kind of position. You know, you need to have options. And uh, if LaVisco is available for cheap, then, you know, I ha- would have no issue with it. But I don't think he's a big difference maker. I think this speaks more to the Falcons, you know, not being quite satisfied with uh, Godless pull of the roster. Kaderil Hodge, D- Demir Bird, Olamide uh, Zacchaeus, uh, Brian Edwards, fine. But, like, you know, some wide receivers here, you could use another guy uh, there in the rotation that could uh, help you out. And, of course, uh, Bernhardt. Uh, Burn Hurt as well but, and you've uh, got you've got drake london who you're hoping but the rest of it yeah. is like yeah he's fine but that's kind of how you can describe this entire wide receiver core yep. um you know except for you know you used a, a top 10 pick on a deep wide receiver class with drake london so drake london needs to hit or i'm gonna be pretty 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 critical of that yeah. pick <laughs> yeah. you know when you start reading about uh you know sky Moore and christian watson and george pickens is on george my timeline pickens. all the time uh yeah. you know to to go number eight on drake london was a was a risk it, it definitely was a risk so that one that one needs to hit um but yes joe wide receiver i think is certainly an option uh, you know, Demir Bird, Kaderil Hodge, uh, and Brian Edwards aren't necessarily safe. I think Alameda Zacchaeus is safe as a three. Uh, you want Drake London to be a one. So you can come in and get a solid number two, which, you know, I think you can get from Demir Bird uh, and Kaderil Hodge. They they flashed, and and then we'll see what kind of uh, gimmick plays or how you can get Bernhardt involved. But there's a lot of, yeah, he's fine looking at these wide receivers as opposed to, Oh yeah, that's that guy's a weapon. I'm excited. Um, Dom coming in saying good morning, Scott, Nick and dog nation, man, Oregon, Bo Nix transfers 3000 miles away, has to fly back to Atlanta for his first game with Oregon. That's interesting. Um, (laughs) I'm interested to watch Bo Nix play for Oregon. Frankly, as an offense that fits him a lot better and probably be uh, a lot better for sure. Uh, kind of busy this morning at work. Have a great day, my boys. You too, Dom. Thank you for coming in and saying hello. And U.S. Dave is also in the house. He says, hey, fellas, Scott, by comparison, was last year's cap at this time better or worse for the Falcons? Ooh, that's a tough question, Dave. Um, it's worse in the fact that you've got $60 million in dead cap money. Uh, it's better in that you have more flexibility so it's crazy. You've got probably 15 million in available cap. I'd have to look it up right now, somewhere in that, but eight figures. You got 63 million in dead cap money. So you're at 73. And then if you count Deion Jones as are you going to get anything out of him as another 20, you're talking $93 million right there. The cap's only like 210. There's yeah. half your money. Yeah. <laughs> That's half your money right now. You're playing with half a team. That's that's insane. That is absolutely insane. So that this these guys are learning how to. It's like it's like raising kids where you've got money, but you still teach them the value of it. Um, and then all of a sudden they get their they get you know some sort of inheritance when they turn eighteen or a trust fund when they turn eighteen. They've learned the value of things. Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith have been bargain shopping mm-hmm. for two years. Yeah. You know, I don't want them to end up like a crackhead in the den, you know, with with free smack everywhere at some Hollywood party next year when they've actually got money. But they are learning how to shop. Man, yeah. they're going to have about $100 million to do that. I'd say they're better, Dave. They've got more flexibility. So they're better. They're better off than they were last year. They're better because the ability, the future is pretty obvious. The money that's coming in. uh in 2023 the flexibility you have is going to be apparent uh the only real big contract left that is a little bit bloated that you probably need to try to move on from if you can is Deion jones uh but who knows without the injury and whatnot but 
other than that, I mean, you have, you have still Grady Jarrett, but you're keeping him around, which is great. So, I mean, you're in a better situation just because it's not like the dead cap on top of these older players that you can't move on from. You have the ability to move on from some of these guys soon. So the future and the flexibility there is going to be bright and you're going to be able to spend. I wouldn't spend just to spend. Obviously, we've seen that with Jacksonville. That's when you get yourself in perpetual trouble. But uh, the at least having the, the option uh, to throw some money around will be great. Yeah, and uh, for me, the only – I don't even think Deion Jones' contract is really a problem because this isn't a year where you're trying to build and contend anyway. Yeah. So his contract's really only a problem this year. Um, so for me, that's not a problem. The one that starts getting a little scary for me, Nick, is uh, is Jake Matthews. So Dion, you can move on from Dion next year um, with a dead cap number of – uh, let's see, his dead cap number next year drops to five. Okay, that's that's no big deal. You can move him on five million at 65 this year. Five's nothing. That's if, if my dead cap number is just five million next year, I'm going to consider myself lucky. Hmm. Um, but the one that becomes a little bit scary for a player who's not performing at a level of top five money is Jake Matthews. Uh, the restructure kicked the can down the road next year. So in 2023, he's got a $30 million dead cap hit and his cap hit is 33 point. It's, it's $34 million. So Jake's cap hit next year is $34 million and his dead cap is 30. So you can't get rid of him. Well, unless you want to be in the same damn situation you're on this year, which you don't want to, and you're not going to have a, a left tackle with a $34 million cap hit. So you're going to restructure again. And you're going to kick the can down the road again. And eventually that eventually it comes a time where you either have to take that $34 million cap hit or the $30 million dead cap hit. If you keep restructuring and restructuring and restructuring, we saw it with Matt Ryan for the last seven years. Eventually that bill comes due. So that is the, the, the contract that, that I don't like that's still out there for the Falcons, but that's only one. Yeah, it was, five <laughs> yeah it was it's only one yep so in a much better position you're still playing with uh both your arms time behind your back financially but uh you have direction and the falcons time is coming you know you eat, take eat your vegetables this year you should be better for dessert later clee coming in saying what's insane is that elite quarterbacks take up 25 percent of the cap clee that is insane and i would argue that truly elite difference making quarterbacks are worth even more, which is crazy. I mean, could be could be fifty percent, and I wouldn't even bat an eye. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, is what it is. But yeah, it is crazy. It's just the disparity, and that's also, I guess, you know, capitalism, right? Quarterbacks get paid what the market dictates. Yeah, I teed that up for Clee because for the Clee's question comment um, because I knew Nick would say that. It's like, listen, a, a top level quarterback probably means more than twenty five percent of your success rate. Um, yep. So, yeah, again, that's the, the it's funny. You see, you know, there's when you've got a cap or a free market and talent, the very elite take a greater share of, you know, versus how do I put this? The difference between the 25th player and the best player isn't linear with how much they make, but you pay a premium to get those percentage points of, of eliteness. Uh, those difference maker guys. So yeah, um, Breon, Breon coming in. I want to say thanks to Breon coming up with, star with some stars. Thank you, my friend. That's uh, that's it's huge for us. Like I said, as as this keeps going, we will do more, and um, you know this 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 kind of support helps us do more things. Uh, so appreciate you, Breon, coming in on Facebook with the stars. And Rashad is pissed. Rashad three six five is pissed. He says, I don't care what anybody says. Then he goes all caps. Jalen Mayfield shouldn't be on this roster. Um, I I get it. I understand. And you know, frankly, he's been battling a back injury most of camp. Uh, that he's been would he might be a candidate. We mentioned at the very beginning that they might not go with just eight. Uh, usually you carry eight on game day rosters, which is only forty eight players. So that there's only eight on the fifty three. Uh, or it might be a 45 active. I might even be wrong on that. There might be, it might be 45 active. So there's eight players, you know, that flex in and off um, between, between the games. So they might want to go nine and they might move Jalen Mayfield to a short-term IR. Um, I 
fully understand this, Rashad. I, I do. And then I, I want to always point out that he was drafted as a 21-year-old kid who had only played 14 games uh, at right tackle for the Michigan Wolverines and was basically drafted as, I don't want to say a project. He was taken too high to be that, but you know, a player with upside. But it's time to, he needs to start showing that for sure. I, he, he doesn't look like an NFL player right now. Do you trust what you saw in your scouting? Because he is young. I think he's just 22, might turn 23 here shortly. Um, inexperienced. Problem is for me, Nick, he's just, he's not all that athletic either. You yeah. know, you know, do you, do you bite the bullet and Alex Leatherwood him? Or do you trust in what you saw in your scouting department and stand by the kid? Honestly, a lot of this is going to come down to the kid himself, his personality, his uh, work ethic, uh, his desire to be better. You mentioned him only being 22 years old. If he's losing the starting job and pouting and being a detrimental like energy in that room and in the locker room, sayonara, buddy. Um, but as 22 years old, I would still in three years left of control. I'd still give him a leash. And if he's dealing with a back injury still, maybe that short term IR and bringing uh, uh, Schaefer back up or back on the roster is an option for you as well with some of that uh, back end of the roster uh, maneuvering. But yeah, no, it's definitely a disappointing uh, pick so far. Him and uh, Richie Grant have not been great in comparison to some of the players selected around them. Doesn't mean you know, that's just year one of their career. We'll see how year two plays out. Uh, so don't write the book on them yet. Ink is barely dry on the first chapter, um, but uh, definitely a disappointing start. At least you aren't relying on him this year. Like be happy that you have Elijah Wilkinson. Right. So that way he has the, the leash, the wiggle room, the time needed where you're not dependent on him and sink uh, tanking his confidence. And that's, and that's what I say about, about him. It's not his fault that he was forced into a starting left guard position. That's the Falcons failure as a front office. And I don't mean Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith. I'm talking about going back a couple years. It's a failure that, that, that uh, Jalen Mayfield had to play left guard last year. That was an organizational failure. I don't blame him for not being good enough to start as a rookie in left guard. Now, if he doesn't develop, if he's not putting the work in, if he's not doing this, then that's on him. Yeah. But I wouldn't mind seeing Jalen Mayfield on the practice squad for a year. And let's see what he he can do. I'd rather have Justin Schaefer out there right now without a doubt. No, there that's not even close. You know, Justin Schaefer just got waived. Jalen Mayfield's still there. I'd rather have Justin Schaefer, but when you're when you do that, former third round pick gets waived versus former sixth round pick gets waived. One sends up flags to the rest of the GMs a little bit more. You got a much better chance of keeping Justin Schaefer on the practice squad and elevating him up than dropping him. And Joe Cannon has a has a good question here. Says, so if we're going to give Mayfield a chance, why not kick the tires on Leatherwood? I might. I might. Um, would I have, you know, when they started calling around yesterday asking for trades, do I want to pick up his contract? No, absolutely not. Wave him. And I'll take it. If I want him, I'll take a chance that uh, seven other teams in front of me don't claim him. And maybe I do. Maybe I do, but yeah, I, I I would take a chance on a player like Alex Leatherwood. I saw enough. I mean, you don't win like the Outland Trophy in college or whatever it was, you know, best lineman in the SEC and not be able to play a lick. Um, right tackle, guard, drop him on your practice squad on a on a short term contract. He's certainly not gonna be he's not gonna be expensive. And and he was going to be expensive if, if you traded for him. If I sent him a seventh and I and that contract comes with him, no, no, thank you. Because then you're then you're paying him like he was a 17th pick overall. No, now I can get him like a guy I just picked off of waivers. I would absolutely consider it. I would consider it, Nick. Don't, doesn't the contract come with in waivers? Like obviously the guaranteed doesn't. You, but like once he clears waivers, I guess. So you'd have to clear has, waivers to go and all the way through. Sign him. Yes. Yeah. So he may have to go through waivers first, um, and then you can then you can sign him. So I would imagine he will clear waivers with that contract. Yeah. Again, some of the procedural stuff. If I screw that up, we'll try and correct. We'll try and correct it. Yeah. Um, once he clears waivers, though, no, the contract's gone. I could see somebody still claiming him. See, um, see Rosen, Josh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could still see somebody claiming him because I think there is no guaranteed money that comes with that because all the guaranteed is on the signing bonus still with the right. Raiders. Base salary is nothing. 
Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's the it's the base salary that come with. Maybe some teams you knew the Raiders wanted to move on from him so much that they just said, you know what, nah, uh, we'll we'll wait until he's waived to pick him up. But I would I would be pretty shocked uh, if he actually passes through waivers for thirty one teams. Even though, what's the difference of trading a seventh round pick or not? Maybe some teams wanted to hold on to that seventh that much, knowing how much the Raiders wanted to move on from him. But I'm um, his base because of the, so much of that money is guaranteed on his first contract. His base is six million. Yeah, which is still so, that's not nothing, but yeah, that's that's a good amount of money still. When you're yeah. talking, you know, that's half of what your remaining salary cap is. Yeah, um, is that what I want to use it? Um, Rashad says the Raiders are just curse, man. Uh, I love it. Might be some of that. <laughs> we know a little something about curse franchises here in Atlanta. That's for sure. And then Angel Calazzo comes in. He says, go Bucks." Certainly a lot to be excited about in Tampa Bay. That's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, you know, unless you're a Pirates fan and then more power to you because it takes it takes uh, something special to be a, a, a lifelong fan of the Pittsburgh Pirates. But I, I have a feeling this is a Buccaneers fan. So welcome in. Join the conversation. Um, you know, again, I, I welcome fans of other teams. Just be respectful. Don't come in here and start talking crap. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I have a little soft spot for the Bucks because I am a uh, Tristan Wirfs truther. That was my guy since he was a starting as a true freshman at Iowa. Love Tristan Wirfs. Met him a few times um, at Iowa from Seoul. No, he's not from Seoul. Mount Vernon, Iowa. So uh, shout out to Bucks. Shout out to Tristan Wirfs. Um, so yeah, no Falcons cut it down to fifty three. I think that as you mentioned it wide receiver cornerback and probably the back end of the offensive line. Uh, some positions where I would imagine the Falcons are looking at the waiver wire and not a lot of surprises. I will be curious to see what players are put on the short-term IR. Uh, so we mentioned maybe Mayfield, uh, Marlon Davidson. There are a few others that we mentioned as well that could be candidates for that short-term IR to create roster spots. Uh, so that way you don't have to move on from players. Uh, if you do pick up or win some waiver claims. Um, there was uh, one of these that Mo comes in and asks about is Laquan Treadwell, the wide receiver. Um, he came in and played fairly well, um, but he, you know he got waived at Jacksonville, and I don't know that he's a big upgrade on what you already have. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I'd want to. You know, if I'm bringing somebody in, it needs to be you got to justify that to the rest of the 53. You know, mm-hmm. well, this guy, this guy's not any better than who we had, and we just, you know, we've been we've been at war with Kaderil Hodge for for six weeks. He just went through camp with us there's bonds that get built there so it has to be a it has to be a move that people absolutely understand um want to i know a couple of the the big i want to talk about running backs just a little bit nick before we get out of here two of the guys that people were very passionate about were were kadri allison and and caleb huntley who both looked good um at the running back position in the preseason and have done some good things when they have but they found themselves on the wrong end of this i guess my only surprise on this isn't that they got moved was that damian williams an older guy who doesn't have uh the pedigree of todd Gurley or hell even mike davis for that matter was deemed untouchable at this point um that he seemed to have a spot no matter what but you know, I'll let you, I'm going to tee this up for you about the the running back position and how it seems like there's a zillion good running backs out there. And every team out there feels the exact same way the Falcons do right now. Falcons fans do about Allison and Huntley. Wait a minute. Those guys were good. They were good. They are good. Yeah. Dime a dozen position. Uh, It stinks, but it's a reality. Mamas, if you're watching this show and you have uh, kids playing football, don't let them play running back because they will be disposable and out of the league quickly unless they are difference makers. And even then, the difference makers go out quickly. Uh, it's like the very end of a candle, you know, just whew, gone. Uh, so got to worry about that. And, you know, it's kind of a bummer seeing some of these guys cut, of course, but you still have Patterson, Williams, Keith Smith, and uh, draft pick Algier. So you have guys there. And guess what? If you want to bring back Quadra Olson because an injury happens or something, he might still be out there because there are just so many options. And if he's not out there, somebody who's an equivalent to him will be available to be picked up and yeah, you I, won't I miss very much. They'll get it. They'll be targeted for the practice squad. And I don't mm-hmm. know that there's going to be just a huge, there, there's good running backs are so easy to come by. I mean, serviceable running backs. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, good. Who can, who can do a job now? There's yeah. elite when you've got one, you know, it I've said a zillion times, there is no positional value on a game changer. There's not many of those out there. No. Um, but the, the guys that can do a job and look good doing it, 
you know, I, I watched a, a bunch of preseason. It's like, oh, yeah, we just picked this guy up last week to give him a try. And he comes in, you know, and he, he looks good doing it. They're, they're athletes. These are some of the best athletes in the world. Um, you know, Caleb Huntley and Kadri Allison can do a job. They can, but um, they're, they found themselves on the wrong end of the numbers here. But it, it did surprise me a little bit that Damian Williams was seen as a, a lock for this yeah. roster. That one surprised me a little bit. I thought that um, when we didn't see him as much, that one of those two guys uh, might have made it. Moron comes in. He says, what about OJ Howard? OJ Howard uh, was one of the few pieces of news I was able to glean this morning looks like he is signing with the Cincinnati Bengals. So he was up there with a, uh, if the medical goes well, it was uh, the Rappaport Schefter duo, Schefterport. One of them, I think, uh, was was on that this morning saying that it looks like OJ Howard will be a Cincinnati Bengal by the end of the day. Yeah, man, those, uh, those Bengals picking up those kind of big name players on offense First, it was Lael Collins. Now it's OJ Howard. Um, Bengals are trying to make a run. It's going to be an interesting year this year to see how they play. Once you start getting that type of momentum. And I, I felt like the first time I saw that happen with the Atlanta Falcons was Tony Gonzalez. Mm. Um, you know, Tony Gonzalez had a really good career. The Kansas city chiefs were a good team, but he wanted really to compete good. for a championship and he came to the Falcons to do it. Oh my God. This feels yeah. Atlanta Braves ish. <laughs> you know, the Braves were always able to get guys that on shorter term deals that would come in and, you know, they want to play for Bobby Cox and try and go to a world series. Um, this, it, the, the Falcons aren't there right now when, and I, I mentioned that before, when you're, you get a guy on waivers or clears waivers, you're trying to sign him. You might have to overpay a little bit because they'll take a little bit less money to go play for a team that, like the Cincinnati Bengals, who looks like they could be headed for uh, you know another Super Bowl that could be make another Super Bowl run. So it is nine fifty two. The next two hours uh, and change will be the deadline for claims, um, and that will be when we'll, we'll get an idea. And then the news should be rolling out for the practice squad. So going to be a lot of news coming out. We look forward to uh, to talking about it again soon. Check us out on all falcons, allfalcons.com. I'll have some some wrap-ups. Um and if you're watching this and want to listen to it on a pod, just go to falconspodcast.com. Uh Falcon Falcons, what oh crap, now I got it screwed up. It's Falcons Podcast. Yeah, Falcons Podcast, not uh or falconspod.com. Either one of you will take you to the pod where you can choose to listen on on Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Google, Spreaker, however you want to do it. So falconspodcast.com if you uh, watch this after the fact or you're watching now and want to watch it, listen to it after the fact. Uh, we are on audio as well. Uh, on that note, Nick, what are you looking forward to? You know, uh, as, as we, we blow up the initial 53 in the next 24 hours. What am I looking forward to? I am seeing if the Falcons are making any moves on the defensive line and uh, going to be curious if I hear anything through my connections in the Valley that if the uh, Broncos put any claims on people, Broncos put the ninth waiver wire claim uh, getting snatched up right before the Broncos or the Falcons do it at eight right before the Broncos can get them. So I was really hoping maybe for a Tyler Johnson uh, receiver that the Buccaneers waived, but if the, the Falcons need one, wide receiver help and cornerback help and defensive line help on the waiver wire. Uh, hopefully they don't target the same guys as the Broncos. Cause those are the spots that I'm looking at for the Broncos as well. Yeah. Someone asked one of our Broncos fans asked, is there anybody that was cut from the Falcons that you would consider for the Broncos? Abdullah Anderson. Absolutely. Um, big 300 pound guy can play and can play nose guard. I think uh, would absolutely be an upgrade. Um, well, you don't have to worry about it right now, but he, he could do a job better than stopping the run and doing a job with your reserve defensive line than what we saw in the preseason. That would be somebody I would target for the Broncos for sure. Yeah, no, so, absolutely. On that note, um, I'm heading over to mile high huddle right now to do uh, beckoning the Broncos with, with Kim Becker. She will talk about the 53 uh, Ronell real quick just says, uh, you know, so how do you think the season's going to look? I think we will see flashes of positive and a light at the end of the tunnel while losing more of the close games against better teams on the road than the Falcons had last year with a very easy schedule and finish seven and 10. So I still think the record isn't going to show progress. It'll show regression and be in the neighborhood of four and 13, five and 12. But 
you will see signs of very uh, much improvement from this team and signs that say, okay, another draft class, couple free agents, plug a couple big holes, and this team's ready to go. So I, I, I think this team can be better and show signs of hope, and the record's not going to reflect that. And I want people to keep in mind when I said that about $90 million right now is not on the field and what kind of coaching job it will take to make this team competitive uh, with almost half of your available salary cap not on the field. Yeah, no, it definitely will be difficult. And probably this, like you mentioned, a five win, I'd say three to six win team this year for the Falcons. But uh, you're going to be looking for a lot of growth factors on this team. And as long as they are still competing, it's kind of like the, not to the same extent, but the Lions last year, you know, it's a year where we are not really set up to be a contender. That's okay. We're looking for the small victories here and progression, and that's going to be a big deal. So uh, we have Ronald Smith. How the season's going to look? Hopefully a lot of young guys that you just drafted step up. I think that's the big one there, especially your uh, front seven players. Maybe you hear some buzz on Desmond Ritter and Drake London proven to be a top 10 worthy wide receiver because Lord knows this room is going to need him to step up and be that guy because uh, Kyle Pitts cannot shoulder that burden alone. So those are the things I'd be looking for and expecting this season. Don't really pay attention to the wins and loss columns as much. Just pay attention to the guys who have are younger on the roster, more years of control on their contract. The guys who are the core here, you're looking for the core to build. And then uh, next year you can build upon that. Yeah. There isn't anybody that was brought into this team other than a draft pick that has more than a one-year contract. Yeah. Uh, and we can get into that. We got to get out of here, but Marcus Mariota is on a one-year deal. Forget that yeah. it says two. It's a one-year deal with a club option. Every free agent that signed is on a one-year deal. Um, and that was by, by design. So there's a lot of veterans out there trying to prove something. And a lot of young guys will try and see the growth that they have. So I, uh, Ray coming in late, want to say, Hey to Ray. Um, welcome. And, and thanks everybody for being here. Thank you to our, our super chat, superstar, uh, supporters, Keith Robbins, Breon Green, and Mark Schrader. Thank you so much for all of that. Uh, we've got to get out of here. We will be back Monday, Monday morning at 845 Eastern. And until then, we'll be on you know allfalcons.com all the time. You can always find Nick and Scott on Twitter. You can see that on the screen, at Scott Kennedy and at Nick Kendall MHH. So for Nick and for uh, me, that's Scott. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for being here.